Napa know-how. There are lots of amazing cars on the road, but perhaps none more amazing than the paid-off car. It may not be pretty, but the price is right. Heck, if you keep that thing running, it'll actually start paying you. Because with Napa Rewards, for every $100 you spend, you'll get $5 off. So keep your car running longer, stronger with Napa Rewards, and watch the savings start rolling in. That's Napa Know-How. Napa Know-How. Hey, everybody. This is Ryan O'Halloran from the Florida Times Union for the September 15th edition of Locked on Jaguars. San Diego week is upon us. The Jaguars fly out to the West Coast after practice Friday morning, 24 hours ahead of when they normally travel. Face the Chargers Sunday, 425 p.m. Here's what we got coming up on the podcast for this Thursday. First up, midweek news roundup. Jaguars back to work on Wednesday, back at practice. I'll go over some news and notes. Then we'll take a first look at the Chargers, who lost to Kansas City on Sunday blew a big lead. It was the Chiefs' biggest come-from-behind victory. That's how big it was. And then finally, on the last segment, we'll go over uh, some of the Blake Bortles comments from his press conference on Wednesday. First up is news of the day for Wednesday. Uh, Jaguars back at the stadium for a fully padded practice. So it looks like they're going to do that each Wednesday until they run out of uh, the available dates. And before I uh, go any further, I want to give a happy birthday to my father, Tom O'Halloran, turned 67 years old today, a faithful listener of this podcast. Um, so thanks for the support, Dad, and we will uh, call you later, as usual. So the big, the big part of housekeeping, out of the way, let's talk about the Jaguars. And one thing around the locker room on Wednesday that I was interested in finding out is, have, have they turned the page? Green Bay was a gut-wrenching defeat. This is a Jaguar team that hasn't lost a lot of close games because they haven't been in a lot of close games over the last three years. I was interested to see, were they still a little down in the dumps? Had they moved on to San Diego? Were they stressing the positives from the Packers' loss, etc.? And the reason I was interested is last year, they gave away a game at Indianapolis in overtime. The Colts didn't have Andrew Luck. Jason Myers for the Jaguars missed a field goal at the end of regulation and a field goal in overtime. The Colts win it. That loss stung the Jaguars. Remember Gus Bradley after that game being in complete shock that they'd given that game away. And, and it played a part the next week at Tampa Bay. They spent the whole week wallowing a little bit on what might have been against the Colts. They were going to be 2-2 two and two instead they are 1-3. And, and they didn't show up in the first half against the Buccaneers. Fell behind by more than two scores eventually lost 38-31. They didn't wake up till the second half, and by then it was too late. So I'm getting a different vibe from this Jaguar team for sure. And one of the players I asked that uh, about was uh, Malik Jackson, the defensive tackle. He goes, I don't think there's any issue with that. We've moved on, and nobody's saying it's okay we lost because it was to Green Bay. We lost. That's unacceptable. So now we need to go out there and turn the page and get after it. That's ha- That needs to be everybody's mindset, end quote. I followed up with Jackson saying, hey – um, you know, what, what did you see Wednesday during the walkthrough? And you, did you see some good signs? And, and, and Jackson said that said they did, he did. And he, he pointed toward Roy Miller, the veteran nose tackle, Mercedes Lewis, the veteran tight end, as, you know, talking to guys saying, hey, that's one game. It, it was a, a loss that stung, but you have, to, you have to rally for the last 15 games, specifically for the Charger game coming up. 
So other side of the locker room, I, I went and asked Mercedes Lewis about this. 11th season on the team, he's the longest player, longest tenured player in the Jaguars. I said, Mercedes, uh, what, what signs are you seeing? And he said, quote, years before it would have been, man, here we go again. But we went in there expecting the win, so, so when it didn't happen, it was, are you kidding me right now? That's the difference. Whenever you have that with the higher level expectations and you're not performing to the level of the bar that was set, you're going to have an issue. So we're going to pay great attention to detail and come back stronger. That has to be what Gus Bradley wanted to hear. And so after practice, I asked Gus, hey, you know, what's the vibe of the team? And he said the practice was healthy. And that wasn't referring to the injuries coming out. They had none. But the mindset. And he said that uh, on Monday, everybody's having a hard time with this one in the locker room. But he thought uh, he thought guys had uh, moved on to the Charger game. Uh, one last comment from from this topic was Blake Bortles. He said, uh, "Quote: I think it was cool to say we expected to win the game, and when we did, we were shocked. That's something we talked about where our, our expectations are and what we expect from this team and how we expect to play. That's a cool mindset change over the past couple of years that took place." End quote. Couldn't agree with Bortles more. There is a sea change with this Jaguar team. They have more better players. Their younger players, holdover players, um, have improved. They expected to beat the Packers, even if uh, hardly anybody, myself included, picked them to do so. So I think um, so far so good um, with the Jaguars' mindset. Next topic is injuries. Um, Jaguars are in decent shape. Missing practice and not out there were uh, cornerback Prince of Makamura with a hamstring and Chris Ivory with his uh, – um, Undisclosed medical issue. Ivory got out of the hospital Tuesday, but as of uh, two o'clock when two o'clock Wednesday, he had not been back at the stadium to meet with the coaches or the trainer training staff. Gus Bradley said his communications with him had been mostly via text message. Mukamara is a, is a concern. He uh, played every snap against Green Bay when the Packers challenged him. Aaron Rodgers only went two and nine. Mukamara was a, had a very good game. He's had a very good camp. This hamstring continues, and he is unable to play against San Diego. That means they're really dipping into their depth. I mean, remember, Aaron Coleman is suspended for three more games, so that would be an opportunity for Dwayne Gratz, who played just a handful of snaps against uh, Green Bay. The other rest of the injuries, good news on Jalen Ramsey with an ankle, Julius Thomas with an ankle. They're both full participants. A new injury, right tackle Jeremy Parnell groin. He did limited work during the full padded practice, so... Jaguars are in decent shape. Um, San Diego sent out their report. They had Joey Bosa, the rookie first-round pick, not practicing with a hamstring. Um, saw some reports out of San Diego that Bosa isn't expected to play Sunday because he hasn't gone through a full padded practice yet. And really, none of this should be surprising after his holdout. You get back into camp, those soft tissue injuries flare up because it's a young guy trying to make a point, and he does too much, and he overexerts himself, and he has to start back from scratch. And, you know, more and more, it looks like this year for Bosa is this going to be a situational role as, as a defensive end. So that's our injury report and our midweek update. Next up is the Chargers outlook. Hey, folks, let me tell you about FanDuel. The first week of the NFL season is officially in the books. How did your fantasy football team do this week or teams? Did you get in the fun over at FanDuel? No, it's not too late. Week two is only days away. I play FanDuel. I pay five bucks a week. I play in one league. My team was terrible last week. 
I finished 152nd out of 176 teams in my league. Um, it's run by my buddy Mike Dempsey from the local radio station here. I had uh, Aaron Rodgers as my quarterback. He gave me 23.5 points. I had Lamar Miller, the running back from Houston. He did well. But then I also had TJ Yeldon. He struggled. Brandon Marshall did very little. Richard, Richard Matthews did very little. Cody, Kobe Fleener, same thing. And Vinatieri was my kicker. Seattle was my defense. I, I got to do better in week two, so I'm going to put my mind to it and, and get into this, uh, get into my team a little bit when I get to the stadium in San Diego on Sunday. FanDuel, fantasy football for everyday fans. New contests starting every week. No busted seasons. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and watch your score real time. I do it when I'm covering a Jaguar game. I check my team at halftime during the 12-minute uh, halftime session. And then when I'm done writing at night, I see how my team did. New this year, upgraded experience at FanDuel. Get even more contest variety. Try beginner contests for new players only. Settle a score with a friend in a head-to-head -head contest. Try a 50-50 contest where the top half wins cash. Play in larger tournaments for even more excitement. Or play for a dollar. Choices for every budget out there. Like I said, I put $5 in my kitty every Sunday for FanDuel. And this week, Sunday's million contest is paying out $2 million. $200K to first place alone. I'm going to have to get into that contest. I'm, in, my, in my league, a couple of the guys I'm looking at, I'm going to look at Blake Bortles. He had a good game last week, over 300 yards passing. As for running backs, I like what D'Angelo Williams did for Pittsburgh. I bet the, bet the Steelers try and pound it on a short week. As for the defense, I'm going to stick with Seattle. They play at the Rams, and anybody who watched that Monday night game knows the Rams are impotent on offense. So FanDuel have all the fantasy football has to offer. FanDuel be sports rich. Try FanDuel now and get up to $50 in free entries. New users who deposit will get five free entries to NFL 50-50 beginner contest valued up to valued add up to $50. You'll get one free entry a week for five weeks. Value of free entries varies based on deposited amount. Go to FanDuel.com, click the Join Now button, and use my promo code, LOWJAGUARS, L-O-J-A-G-U-A-R-S. That's FanDuel.com, promo code, LOWJAGUARS, void where prohibited. We're back on Lockdown Jaguars. I'm Ryan O'Halloran from the Florida Times Union. Segment two today, let's talk about the Chargers a little bit. They're 0-1-1. They host the Jaguars on Sunday, 425 at Qualcomm Stadium. San Diego has won five straight games over the Jaguars, including the last three years. 24-6 in 2013 here in Jacksonville. 33-14 in 2014 on the West Coast. And last year was 31-25 here in Jacksonville uh, over Thanksgiving weekend. The Jaguars have never won in San Diego. They're 0-3 all time. Receiver Travis Benjamin broke out last year with 966 receiving yards for Cleveland. Signed to be a number two behind Keenan Allen for San Diego, he will be thrust into the top spot after Allen's season-ending knee injury last week against Kansas City. Tight end Antonio Gates, 36 years old. I think he's a future Hall of Famer. He is one of the all-time greats at the tight end position. He ranks third in catches, 947, third in receiving yards, 10,664, and second in touchdowns, 104. Touchdowns, he needs eight to become the all-time leader, overtaking Tony Gonzalez. In catches and receiving yards, he trails Gonzalez and Jason Witten from the Dallas Cowboys. On defense, cornerback Jason Verrett, he's played at a first-round level. He was drafted over 25 in 2014, but had an injury-filled first year. 
Last year, he played 14 games and had three interceptions and 12 pass breakups during a Pro Bowl nod. He started this year by intercepting Chiefs quarterback Alex Smith last week. Lastly, Joey Bosa, we talked a little bit about that in the first segment. Not expected to play with a hamstring injury. Has not gone through a fully padded practice since he signed after that month-long holdout. And really, it wasn't a holdout because he was unsigned. I call it a stalemate, but in both sides... I, I sort of blame the Chargers because of the offset language. People around them in the draft were uh, eliminating those from their contracts. Let's look at, look, take a look at the key player, uh, Phillip Rivers, 34 years old, the quarterback for the Chargers, 92-69 and 69 record in the regular season as a starter, more than 41,000 passing yards to rank 14th all-time. But that means he's still two spots behind Charger great Dan Fouts. Rivers has a current streak of eight straight years of at least 25 touchdown passes. That's the third longest such streak in league history. Rivers' 282 touchdowns are 11th in NFL history, and he has started 161 straight games. He has never missed a game since taking over the spot to start the 2006 season when Drew Brees was allowed to walk in free agency to New Orleans. I asked Rivers on a conference call with the Jacksonville media on Wednesday, how do you replace Keenan Allen? And he said, quote, I think he's a top 10 guy in this league, so I don't know if you can replace him. On the flip side of that, I have a great deal of confidence in these other receivers. I believe in those guys, and they believe in themselves. At the top of that list would be Benjamin. Rivers has sliced and diced this Jaguar defense throughout his career. His pass rating against the Jags of 116 is the second highest of any opponent in his career. Houston's at 119. On this Jaguar defense, I asked uh, Rivers, how much have they changed? He said, quote, every year they add some pieces and get better and better. They've made some additions in free agency and got their first-round pick back and added a top pick this year in the secondary. They're playing well, end quote. He's referring to Dante Fowler and Jalen Ramsey. Next up was Mike McCoy. He talked to four of us in the Jacksonville media who hung around an extra two hours after practice on Wednesday. McCoy's in his fourth year as the Chargers coach and has a 22-27 and career record in the regular season. San Diego went 9-7 in his first two years, including a playoff berth and a playoff win in 2013, but was 4-12 last year. McCoy is a John Fox disciple, worked for him in Carolina for nine years, and then went, followed him to Denver for four years. And Jacksonville fans who are also Tim Tebow fans will know that Mike McCoy was Tebow's offensive coordinator um, in Denver and got him to the playoffs and, and, and coaxed Tebow into some winning performances. This past offseason, McCoy wiped out half of his on-field coaching staff, eight guys. That means eight newcomers, including linebackers coach Bob Babich, who is the Jaguars' defensive coordinator from 2013 to 2015. Back called the plays on offense is Ken Wizenhut. He served as San Diego's coordinator in 2013 before leaving to be Tennessee's coach for a year and a half and was fired last year by the Titans. I asked... Uh, Excuse me, the media asked McCoy about facing the Jaguars for the fourth straight year. The way we played Jacksonville the past couple years means absolutely nothing. It's a new week, it's a new year, and it's a new team. I asked McCoy about the Chargers run game with Danny Woodhead and Melvin Gordon. Quote, they did a nice job. For the opener, I was very pleased with the way the offensive line and the entire offense ran the football. End quote. So that's our look at the Chargers. They are holding as a three-point favorite over the Jaguars. And we'll look at... Blake Borles and his comments today, right after this. Welcome back to Locked on Jaguars. For our last segment, we're going to review uh, Blake Borles' press conference on Wednesday. He uh, kicks off the week of media availability, usually around 11.45 a.m. after the uh, morning walkthrough. 
first question for Bortles by my colleague Hayes Carlin from the Times Union is uh, what was Bortles' takeaway from the fourth and one debacle, I mean play call, against Green Bay on Sunday? Um, Bortles said, quote, we had the opportunity to execute it and didn't. I think for me it's kind of looking back and seeing all the plays that could have prevented us from being in that position. There are so many things watching the film that we would have done this and then would have done that in a situation, end quote. On the uh, Bortles points to two plays right before then. Third and one from the 14, he looked for Rashad Green. Bortles said, quote, on the play before, instead of trying to squeeze it to Rashad, if I throw it outside the Hearns on the slant, he picks up the first down. So many things that could have kept us out of the situation but didn't. So we ended up fourth and one and called the play and didn't execute. If, and if it worked, nobody would ask why we called it. It's part of football and what people do when the, what people do when something doesn't work. End quote. Um, positives from the Green Bay game, as Bortles said, a lot of good stuff. Good team, good quarterback. Um, one of the things um, I asked him about was Allen Robinson. Um, Bortles said right after the game on Sunday, you know, do you, he that he missed Robinson a couple of times. I said, did the tape show that to be the case? Bortles said, yeah, definitely. He told me. I think the two throws I felt I missed them were on the same spot, the south end zone and the left corner. So for you watching on TV, that would be the right right end zone and then the back, uh, back corner. Bortles added, they had good coverage on them there with a safety over the top, but there was a place to fit that ball and complete the pass, and I've got to make those throws, end quote. The other thing Bortles was asked about was, Two years ago around this time, he made his first NFL start, which was at San Diego. Chad Henney started the first three games of the 2014 season. Bortles replaced him at halftime of the Indianapolis game. Uh, Bortles was asked what he remembers about that start against San Diego. Uh, Bortles laughed and said, quote, The first throw of the game, I threw about 15 feet over A-Rob's head. Besides that, not a whole lot. I think it's good to go back and obviously watch the game from last year and take a peek from the game two years ago just to see how guys play and stuff like that but it seems like forever ago, end quote. Boy, does it ever. I mean, the head coach is the same, the quarterback is the same, but on Sunday against the Chargers, Bortles will have a new running back, right tackle, right guard, left guard, left tackle, starting tight end, and number three receiver. So that's how many bodies. I mean, it's Allen Robinson, Allen Hearns, Mercedes Lewis, Brandon Linder. Uh, Luke Jokel is playing a different position, and so is Linder. So that shows you the, the kind of turnover. Um, you know, he was asked about his progress. Um, you know, Chargers the first start. Chargers last year in November. Now the Chargers now at different stages of his career. And he says, I think it's cool to see how much as a team we've grown, obviously individually, but as a team how much we've grown really over the three years that we're going to be playing them. It's cool to sit there and go through schematically how we're going to attack them and what ways we're going to be different this year. What what are we going to take from last year that we thought worked well and stuff like that. So that was a comments from Blake Bortles. I think he's going to have a big game on Sunday. San Diego plays a lot of uh, their coverage. They want to prevent the over-the-top throw. When I asked Bortles about that, he said, well, Kansas City is sort of an intermediate passing game anyways. The Jaguars are going to try and stretch the field. They're going to try and challenge uh, Dwight Lowry, the free safety, who was here with the Jaguars in uh, the first year of Gus's tenure before he had a concussion. So they know Lowry. They know where to attack him. Jason Verrett's a very good corner. Um, I would expect him to maybe follow Allen Robinson around. But I think this is a good uh, test for the Jaguars' uh, passing game because 
Um, I think the San Diego's got a good secondary, and the Jaguars believe they can throw on anybody. Where I think they'll be able to do that is the tight end position. I mean, Mercedes Lewis and Julius Thomas had very good games against Green Bay, and San Diego's linebackers look like they struggled in coverage against tight ends and running backs against Kansas City. That should be a green light for Bortles to get some matchups he likes. Julius Thomas in the slot against the linebacker, to me, that's easy pickings. So I think they're going to be able to move the ball. I think this will be a high-scoring game High scoring game again. Uh, we'll, make a, we'll make an official pick on Friday's podcast. That's the wrap-up from the uh, goings-on at uh, Everbank Field with the Jaguars on Wednesday. I'll be back with uh, one more podcast this week, Friday, where we look at the matchups. Well, Friday, four downs, and I'll make a prediction before heading out to San Diego to cover the Jaguars and the Chargers. I'm Ryan O'Halloran for the Florida Times Union. This has been Locked on Jaguars. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. The list.